Hey, all right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of Heal Thyself. What a pleasure it is to be giving you this information that is empowering you, that is providing informed consent and making changes in your life and the life of your loved ones. So I want to thank you before we move on to the show because as of three weeks ago, this show was about 500,000 downloads, a little bit more. Now it's over at 600. So in three weeks, we've gotten over 100,000 downloads. That is amazing. I want to thank you all personally, each and every single one of you who are supporting this show, I really, really, truly am grateful for the impact that we are making in people's lives. So on today's show, we're going to talk about mouth breathing and how to optimize our health based on that and how to avoid mouth breathing. And then today's uh, product review is going to be on turmeric, a really powerful, potent herb, but how to look for it, how to shop for it. And then the special guest is our first ever return guest and a close friend of mine, Aaron. We're going to have a really cool conversation about everything from mental health, emotional health, uh, spiritual health, everything in between. So without further ado, let's jump in. All right. So this week earlier, I had made a post about how to optimize your sleep. And it's uh, it was under the concept of sleep hygiene, basically preparing yourself with these factors, right? And these interventions in order to sleep better, right? And some people sleep really well and don't even pay attention to these. God bless you. But other people really need to pay close attention to these factors. Well, one of those factors was mouth taping or mouth breathing. And when I put up that post, uh, the overwhelming majority of comments were based on what is going on, mouth taping, mouth breathing, laughing out loud, or what the hell is that? So I did a whole story series um, based on that post saying what mouth taping is and what it does. It does have benefits, and we've seen what mouth breathing does to overall health, and I'm going to talk about it. So I want to speak about that because it's really important to overall health. And you may not even know if you're mouth breathing during the day and certainly at night. So I'm going to tell you how, what to look for and what mouth breathing is doing to our health. So we're not meant to mouth breathe. Many factors that contribute to this include chronic congestion, right? And chronic congestion could be for many different reasons, and I'll talk about that later. Um, there's other causes like jaw development, poor jaw development, especially in children. That's when you see a lot of mouth breathing, right? The shape is incorrect or poorly uh, developed or in the size of the jaw. And I spoke a little bit about this with uh, Dr. Stephen Lin in one of my first few episodes, and he really elucidated the importance of that. Um, then there's mechanical issues that you may have like tongue ties or deviated septums, uh, enlarged tonsils, or you can have physical barriers in your nose like polyps or there's there's little um, patch, passageways called turbinates. Those can be enlarged too. So really it's understanding, first of all, what is preventing you from breathing nasally at night. Um, and then when you get to that cause, how to make that intervention. So it's important to breathe through the nose because first and foremost, our nose acts like a filter, right? So we need proper airflow filtered through our nose and into our air passageways, into our lungs, um, clean air basically. It's a little different when you do it through the mouth because the mouth is not a filter. That's why sometimes when you're mouth breathing through the night, you have a sore throat, right? It's dry, it's not moisturized. So you, you pay close attention to that because that it's another telltale sign, whoa, I've been mouth breathing all night. So what are symptoms of folks who breathe at night with their mouth open, mouth breathers, right? Disrupted sleep, certainly, certainly, certainly. And I'll tell you why, but if you're waking up in the middle of the night and uh, like an internal alarm's going off, it's because your brain is waking you up because 
when you mouth breathe, you're getting less oxygenation in the blood. With that less oxygenation, it's causing a input to be censored by the brain, and that brain is putting you into sympathetic and survival mode, and it's gonna wake you up. So if anyone is waking up in the middle of the night in an alarm state trying to catch their breath, boom, telltale sign of mouth breathing. If you have sleep apnea or, or snoring, certainly signs of mouth breathing. Chronic bad breath, dry mouth in the morning, especially when you wake up when it's really, really dry, mouth breathing. Non-restorative sleep, which is major, you know, sleep is sleep is so so important. But if you're waking up and you're exhausted and you don't want to get out of get out of bed and you're like a slug walking into the bathroom, another sign of mouth breathing. Brain fog, poor energy through the day. Of course, you're not getting restorative sleep. Dark circles under the eye, really important. That that's a sign of many things. It could be genetic. It could be food intolerances. But another telltale sign of mouth breathing. And then if you're always sick, and I'll talk about how that affects your immune system. In children, we always want to look for chronic infections, right? If they're having chronic chronic infections, that's a big problem. Uh, and it's another sign there that their immune system isn't being restored late at night. Slow growth, very important, right? And I'll talk about that later. Dry mouth, dry lips, crowding of teeth, right? Children with chronic bad breath, right? Uh, enlarged tonsils, issues waking up, issues in school focusing. I mean, it's generalized, but it's certainly pretty specific to mouth breathing also. So I love oral health. I talk about it all the time. Uh, the mouth is the window to really a lot of our health. And you could tell a lot that's going in the body and the mouth. Now, the mouth, just like the gut, has a microbiota. It's got a whole colony of different species that we're working together with each other, protecting our teeth, but then other pathogenic species. So some dentists actually believe that mouth breathing is the number one cause of cavities, even before food, which is pretty crazy. That's incredible. So even more incentive to make sure that your child or you is not breathing through your mouth at night. Um, why? Because we're not meant to breathe through our mouth. When we're breathing through the mouth, we're not filtering the air correctly. And when we're breathing through our mouth, we're actually drying out saliva. Saliva is so, so important to our oral health. This is why you see people with uh, diseases like Sjogren's syndrome, uh, the autoimmune disease to the salivary glands, and they're reducing salivary flow, their teeth start rotting right? It's because with that saliva, it's one, neutralizing acid, and it's two, getting rid of that harmful bacteria, moving it around. So when you're sleeping with your mouth open and it's, it's, it's all throughout the whole night, you're disrupting that oral microbiome. And guess what? That's not only disrupting your mouth, but it's also disrupting your gut. Now, some of the most fascinating stuff comes in the context of just overall sleep. So if you're improperly breathing at night, what you're doing is you're affecting and influencing melatonin, right? Melatonin is secreted by the pineal gland. I did a whole episode on that a few episodes ago, the pineal gland and melatonin and how that affects our health. Some of the jobs of melatonin that I mentioned on that show are affecting the insul insulin, circadian rhythms, uh, organ health, especially the muscles and the metabolism, immune function, cancer protection. It's so important. It's one of the master, master hormones. Well, guess what? If you are not sleeping correctly, your pineal gland is being affected, right? When you are optimizing sleep at night, you're putting yourself deeply into parasympathetic mode via your respiration. Parasympathetic mode is that rest, digest, repair. I mentioned earlier a few, uh, few seconds ago, a few minutes ago on sympathetic. Sympathetic is what really wakes us up in that alarmed fight or flight state. In parasympathetic, again, we're getting that rest, digest, repair. When we nose breathe, we're putting our body into parasympathetic mode. Whereas when we mouth breathe, 
Remember I spoke about reducing oxygenation in the blood, that's affecting our brain. Our brain's getting that input that something's going on, you put into parasympathetic mode. So, so, so important just to get proper hormone metabolism, especially when it comes to melatonin. When we are at peace and restfully breathing, our pineal gland is promoting that regulation in our body. And that leads not only to the release of melatonin, but overall hormone harmony, which is beautiful, beautiful. It's like a symphony. So you wanna make sure you're getting at the conductor and telling the conductor, hey, hey man, I'm gonna give you everything you need to make the most beautiful symphony. Again, it's not, local, it's not just localizing the brain, it's a full body effect. I mentioned Dr. Stephen Lynn, he has a uh, book called The Dental Diet and he speaks about this in his book. And he speaks about proper nose breathing, also moving something called cerebrospinal fluid, that fluid that is moving through your spine into your brain. And it flows through these pipelines called ventricles. And this flow is very important. Also, I just mentioned parasympathetic, also at promoting the activation of parasympathetic mode when you're sleeping. So remember, through mouth breathing, you're doing the opposite. Through nasal breathing, you're moving that cerebrospinal fluid properly through the spine, into the brain, back into the spine again, okay? So it's a really important concept here to know that improper breathing robs essential nutrients to the brain because that's what the cerebrospinal fluid is doing. It's moving around, it's moving around nutrients. Uh, nasal breathing promotes and optimizes a molecule called nitric oxide. It's really important, listen here. Nasal breathing promotes nitric oxide. It's like oxygen. It's as essential as not oxygen when you're sleeping because why? It regulates blood, blood flow. Uh, it increases uh, immunity, proper immunity, mitochondrial energy, and neurological support. Uh, it also promotes increased lung oxygenation in the body. But what happens when you mouth breathe, you completely miss a step. You're not producing nitric oxide correctly because when you're nasal breathing, it's produced in the upper airway. So nitric oxide is such a key to restorative sleep and, help, and health throughout the night. So if you're missing that restorative sleep, right, because restorative sleep requires nasal breathing patterns, what you're doing is you're not activating the parasympathetic and not allowing the brain to seamlessly cycle from non-REM to REM sleep, right? We have different cycles of sleep throughout the night. Well, when we're breathing through our mouth, it's disrupting that flow. And in my experience, uh, I've had that issue sometimes if I feel congested and I'm sleeping with my mouth open, I, I pretty much always wake up in a sympathetic state because my brain is like, hey man, get up, uh, you're, you're losing oxygen and you need to breathe again. And it's pretty it's kind of terrifying because when you're breathing and you're not you're not breathing when you're sleeping and then you wake up in that state, you're really trying to catch your breath and you don't know what the hell's going on. But in non-restorative sleep, when you're not getting proper sleep that's connected to inflammation, diabetes and diabetic-like states, poor immunity, poor mood and focus, adrenal and thyroid stress, oxygen, oxidative and DNA damage leading to can potentially lead to cancer, poor nutrient absorption, and digestive dysfunction. I mean, when you're not getting proper restorative sleep, it is a problem. So the question is, why are you mouth breathing, right? So I mentioned chronic congestion or infection. Is it your home air quality? Is it chemicals being used at home? Is it materials in your home? Is it mold? Um, is it an infection that you're not paying attention to or addressing or covering up with some sort of pharmaceutical? Uh, what about food? Are you eating inflammatory foods? Is that affecting your mucosa? You gotta watch for things like wheat, soy, dairy, processed foods. Um, what about allergies and asthma? I just did a whole show on that. Go back and listen to the causes, the root causes of allergies and some remedies. But allergies and asthma are certainly gonna affect your breathing, as you know. What about your tongue? Do you have a weak tongue that falls back into your respiratory passage and affecting the way you breathe? Tongue ties, as I mentioned, can be an issue. 
and proper posture for adults and children will affect because bones move and accommodate the way you breathe. So if your posture is crappy, you're going to affect the way you're breathing through the day and thus the way you breathe at night. And then I mentioned something about children and proper jaw development. Go back to the Stephen Lynch show that I had. He spoke all about it. Um, so what are some remedies? And this is where mouth taping come in, comes in where I spoke about it. Um, I use the Somnifix mouth tape. There's no affiliation here, but um, it's just the first one that I was introduced to. I like it because it has a mouth pore, so it's not complete blockage of the mouth. Um, but this is something that has been practiced for quite a long time. I went to a, um, a sleep doctor uh, over here in Beverly Hills, and I, I documented that. I don't know if some of you may remember, but through Instagram, I documented what he was talking about um, through my scans and through the mechanical structure of my jaw and my tongue. And uh, he offered me some you can also use 3M tape. He offered me some tape, like 3M tape. And he, he said, what you can do is put it, because I told him it's a little weird. I don't want to sleep with it. But he said, you can put it on your mouth um, a few hours before bed. You don't have to sleep with it, but put it up a few hours so you get used to breathing with it through the nighttime. And then about the third or fourth day, you can get into bed with it and put it on your mouth. So certainly, um, I like the Somnifix one, again, because it has that pore. So you can you can breathe through the mouth. It's just... It's just like breathing through a straw, basically. So uh, you can try out that tactic. You also should begin a breathwork practice to become more aware of your breath, right? Awareness is the key. It's the first key to having a proper practice and learn proper nasal breathing, see how it affects you uh, overall. If you're breathing properly through the day, that means when you come home at night, you're gonna be able to breathe properly through the nose. Again, I mentioned posture, make sure you're uh, you're aware of your posture and it doesn't look like you're holding your phone or typing on a computer all the time, even when you're not. I mentioned bones move to accommodate the breath. So posture is really, really important to make sure that you're breathing correctly throughout the day. And again, predisposing yourself to sleep well at night with proper breathing. Um, and address the aforementioned causes. Uh, begin your research, listen to my shows, um, or get with a licensed naturopathic doctor through naturopathic.org or, or functional medical doctor through IFM. So I hope that helped. Um, yeah, if you're, you or your child is mouth breathing, it's really important to pay close attention as to the reasons why, because it does have effects in the body, both short-term and long-term, and there's a lot we can do. All right. Let's just get to the product review. I can't wait to get to this. Talk about it. It's so important. Uh, and then get our special guest. In. All right. I'm really excited for this product review uh, because most of you out there are familiar with the spice turmeric. And turmeric is a really powerful, powerful spice. It's actually, for me, like a miracle spice because it has such a wide net of effects on different diseases and conditions. It's really rooted in Ayurvedic tradition. It's ancient. It's been very, it's been used for many, 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 many years. But for the last five or six years, it's really caught on fire, especially in the Western model or Western medicine. So you'll go somewhere and you'll see turmeric tinctures, turmeric capsules, shots, juices, uh, ointments. Uh, you can even get a latte here in LA. So it's pretty crazy how trendy it's become, but I want you all to be uh, aware of how to search for turmeric, how to buy it, because they are not all created equal. And if you're buying the wrong one, chances are you're just wasting it. But it did gain a lot of popularity, and rightfully so. It does everything. If you type in turmeric in PubMed, you're going to get about 53 to 5,600 articles on turmeric alone, which is pretty incredible because it has expansive benefits. One of my favorite things that turmeric does is it's a cancer protectant and an anti-cancer to those who do have cancer. And it's multiple types of cancer, which is amazing. 
uh, also protecting against heart disease, blood sugar type 2 diabetes, oxidative damage, it can lead to cancer too, uh, promoting cognitive or promoting uh, healing or protection against cognitive diseases like Alzheimer's disease, uh, infections, liver protectant. The thing I love it and I use it for is when I have sore muscles or an injury or joint issues or joint pain, um, I find it to be very, very effective. I love it and it's really helpful for my muscles in particular. So turmeric is a major anti-inflammatory. Uh, and it's you. It's mostly the mo the biggest therapeutic part in turmeric is a constituent called curcumin, right? So curcumin is a constituent in turmeric. That's there's a lot of confusion behind that, okay? Um, and it's primarily protecting an anti-inflammatory because it uh, downregulates uh, NF kappa beta, and NF kappa beta is a gene which promotes inflammation. You'll uh, be able to hear more details in that in Tyler's show with us, Functional Foods. He went really into it in his anti-inflammatory diet. So really important because there's various mechanisms which, which turmeric works into reducing inflammation. But one of the big ways we see that is the redu reduction or downregulation of NF-kappa beta. It also inhibits inflammatory cytokines in the body. So those are the proteins that basically make you feel feverish or sore-ish um, they increase at night, which is why a lot of people who are sick get worse at night. Or if you break a bone, it's worse at night. It's because those cytokines are flowing at night. So this may be a really important remedy for those who are experiencing that. Now, the thing with turmeric is it's very poorly absorbed. Okay. So you got to get your supplements properly, right? And, or if you're eating it, you want to know what to pair it with, right? Because most supplements, turmeric supplements are going to have little to no absorption in the body. You're going to be wasting your money. All right. So first and foremost, when you buy turmeric, you want to make sure that it, it's going to be paired up with black pepper or a constituent called piperine. That's going to improve its absorption to about 20 fold. So really important. I know the company Gaia does that. So Gaia uses whole herbs and it uses uh, basically grounded turmeric spice. The one that I have here is by Nature's Bounty. Now, this is turmeric 538 milligrams. Great. But what you're getting is just turmeric. So it's going to be really, really hard to increase blood concentration of turmeric when you're getting it in this form, the way Nature's Bounty is providing. That's an issue for me because it has to be paired. So I mentioned the one. So if you're looking for a whole herb, just straight up turmeric, um, I know that Gaia pairs it with black pepper. You, what you want to do is when you take in that turmeric paired with black pepper, you want to eat it also with a meal with fat because that further helps the absorption. Uh, yeah, so again, turmeric alone in a capsule just like this is something that you want to avoid. It's something that you want to avoid for the most part, but if you're trying to use turmeric to help curb intestinal or digestive inflammation, let's say something like celiac disease, ask your doctor, but where there's a lot of inflammation in the gut, then you actually don't want to pair it with black pepper. You just want to have turmeric alone because it's not going to be absorbed into the blood. And if it's not absorbed into the blood, guess where it's going to be? It's going to be through your digestive system. So it can be more of a targeted approach in that manner. But most people who take turmeric want it for systemic effects and not localized. So me personally, I do love the Gaia one. I prefer things closest to nature, but I also have two other ones. Now, these are more... Uh, these are man-made forms, right? And there's two. There's one called Mariva, which is phytosome technology, right? And what I mean by that, it's, and it's by Thorne, the one that I have. They use a plant extract and they pair it with something called a phospholipid, and that's coming from sunflower oil. 
the two paired together are increasing, significantly increasing serum concentration of that curcumin, that really therapeutic constituent in turmeric. So you want, so it's basically paired uh, to to make make sure that there's better absorbability rather than just turmeric spice being alone. The other one is by Integrative Therapeutics. It's called Theracumin. And they use a patented technology where they have colloidal enca encapsulations. And what that does is it makes it water soluble. That's really good for um, folks who cannot swallow pills or maybe children, if it's okay with your doctor. For children, you can put it in applesauce or in water because it dissolves in water. If you take try taking turmeric from your spice cabinet and putting it in water, it's going to clump up at the surface. So that's increased bioavailability. So again, to reiterate... Turmeric alone, if you want the systemic effect, the spice is not going to do that much. If you want digestive effect, the spice will do something. Or a supplement with just turmeric, again, the same thing. Um, you want it paired. If you buy a supplement with black pepper, make sure you're eating that with a fat. Uh, and if you really want thera therapeutic effects and you want to target it, let's say in the context of someone with cancer, again, check with your doctor, or someone with uh, a really bad injury or pre-surgical or post-surgical, uh, then you want something that's really strong and really going to get to the blood, and that's the Mariva or the Theracumin. And lastly, I just wanted to mention, if you do have turmeric uh, in a spice, you want to make sure that you're avoiding heavy metals. Heavy metals are a big issue in turmeric. So um, if you look back to our one of our first episodes, I'm, I'm referring all these episodes because they're really good ones, but if you refer back to our episodes with Chief Spice Mama, um, Kanchen, it was a really important one because she spoke about the power of spices, which was amazing in itself, but she also gave us two resources, where to buy our spices that are checked for heavy metals, and that was diaspora and burlap and, ba and barrel. Um, so really important because if you're getting a turmeric latte from you know, your local cafe every single day, you can't be sure that they're using high quality turmeric. So just keep that in mind. So again, all of this is not medical advice. Please ask your doctor to be sure that it's safe because turmeric can affect the way drugs are metabolized in the body. Really important. I got to cover my butt and make sure you all are safe. All right, let's please get to this special guest. I can't wait to have this convo. Uh, we're going to be vibing. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. My guy is here. Look, I, I thought I was going to make it a full year without having one repeat guest, but I really believe that if anyone was going to be the repeat guest, it's got to be this guy, my personal friend. He's got so much to say. I bought a book, his book for my dad, for my brother, for myself. I'm putting, I'm bringing up those sales numbers, Aaron. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, dude. Again. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate making it happen. It's a pleasure to have I you here. I saw yours, your sales blip on there. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not really, that, but I appreciate it. It, it was the Gonzalez blip yeah. on the thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, my dad, my, I, I haven't really seen my dad like get into like a book book because he's always been like into fashion and magazines and all the things like, but he's reading your book. That's great. And my brother asked him how he's doing with it, and he's like, I'm loving reading the book. Wow. You know, and it's that that's crazy. This is a yeah. 68 year old man. You that's know? amazing, man. And he and he's reading now about movement and mobility and the importance of yeah. everything. Well, I think there's something to being I think it's almost rude to write a big book, you know, or write a book that's like you it's it's like for you and your smart friends that are deeply inside of this niche to understand. Yeah. You know, and be like, oh, if you don't understand it, you're just not, you know, you're not smart enough. You're not at a level. Yeah, it's and boring. I think, yeah, I think there's something, there's another perspective where it's like the world 
that we live in is so deeply saturated and in staring into our cell phones and getting notifications and all that. So it, it shapes our minds and the way that we gather information. And so the way that, that uh, we wrote the book, I had a, a co-author as well called Phil White, who he's mm -hmm. like co-written with like Laird Hamilton and Kelly Starrett and Pavel Satsulin and all mm -hmm. sorts of folks. Um, you know, so the way that we put it together was such that essentially it's like uh, the longest section is like a page and a half. Yeah. You know, so that's just filled with all these little victories and actionable steps that you yeah. can be taking. Um, you know, in that way, it's like you, you're winning the whole read through the book. Yeah. As opposed to being like, when are we going to get to the end of this thing? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the take home? You know, like, yeah. and then you finally, like, every other page, you're like, oh, I can, this is actionable info. Yeah. That you can do for inside and out, right? Yeah. Like, so that's the important part. That was the, that was the test in the, uh, like, the final edits was going through the, the galley, which is like the first kind of draft copy where it actually has a cover and stuff. And I would open up each page. And if I couldn't get value from that page by itself, be sitting on a toilet, you know, ideally have my feet raised up on a squatty yeah. potty or something like that because mm -hmm. it elongates the rectum. No big deal. Yeah, we could do a show on that too. <laughs> right. How to poop properly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You know, but so while you're elongating your rectum, um, ideally you can open up any page, 62, and yeah. be like, bam, like this is going to benefit my day today. Yeah. And maybe I'll have a chuckle and maybe I'll learn about, you know, I'll get some cool quote or something. It's much yeah. like if there wasn't a page that had that, that value was, uh, was not there, then we refinagled it. So that it was. Yeah. And, and look, I think my dad has gone into it way more than me. You know, he's like already in it. That's great. You know, I, I want to like sit down be present, but we, we were, we have different styles, but yeah. he, he mentioned, did you, did you have a section about your dad in there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he mentioned that to me. He's like, it's surprising that he opened up about his dad like that. Yeah. Um, would you want to talk? Because I really want to get into like, we did we did our show. Yeah. We we talked about body movement. You know, sitting on the floor, which is, and ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't hear that, that was one of my favorite personal favorite shows. Get back on it, and uh, and check it out. But I want to talk about like masculinity because, shoot, like. It, it there's so many of us that are moving through understanding what is what. Yeah. But uh, the section about your dad, my, I was talking to my dad about it, was pretty interesting. Um, would you want to go into anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I know you're an open guy. Why yeah, am I even asking permission? Yeah, no, get yeah, into you it. Can, whatever you Just want. Just get into it. Um, yeah. So my dad, uh, when we were, you know, around essentially around the age of like 16 or so, um, you know, he had his own trauma as a, a child. And, you know, he's, he's a man and my mom's a woman and, you know, they're, they're doing their lives the best they can. Um, and he, some of his kind of trauma manifested itself in interesting ways. And he ended up, um, I think becoming susceptible to addiction and the addiction that he got really deeply involved in with was uh, crack cocaine, mm -hmm. um, and all sorts of interesting stuff. There was like prostitution and all sorts of like really wild directions that were happening. Um, and during that time, uh, I essentially just felt very, I think like unsafe, unstable at home, kind of like never knowing what was going to happen when, it, when I come home, just not knowing like what the scene's going to be. And the, the kind of story, which I'm always a bit suspicious of my own stories of my past and such of like, okay, is that, cause we're always just recreating really those happened? memories yeah. and we're recreating, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this is the reason that that happened, but maybe not. Um, but the, the story that I have around that is that because I had 
this sensation of instability, unsafety in my home environment that translated to me wanting to pack on stability and safety and muscle in my physical, biological mm-hmm. environment. And then that led into essentially like the wheels spinning off and, you know, lots of injuries and chronic pain and anxiety and kind of like a sensation, you could call it like anhedonia, like a sensation of, of numbness to the world. Mm. It was really fascinating. Like looking back now, I'm like, oh, that makes a, like a ton of sense. You know, like I felt I didn't have my place in the world and I felt, you know, my, my, my main male figure was kind of falling off the map and, you know, all of these things. And it would make sense now looking back and like seeing that boy being like, yeah, it would make sense that you would just shut down. Yeah. You know, and that kind of went into some interesting sensations of like suicidal ideation and various different things that, um, thankfully I didn't really have like the, the balls to actually do anything or go too deeply in anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was like reflecting on suicide very regularly. It was a very mm. fascinating time. And I remember laughter or sadness or anything, those felt to be, uh, like, there was like they were like pale, like they didn't have any uh, visceral association. It was just these like when people were laughing and such. I would be, I was like observing laughter. Uh huh. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. literally, the input didn't elicit a body response yeah, for you. You're just exactly. like, oh, this is what laughter is. Yeah. And I should add, my dad's like fully recovered now, and he's had, had this, this like full turnaround, which is really beautiful. And he's like getting married, coming up, and he's in love, and he's like. He's essentially like a like a, a sixty three year old Christian Buddha now, which That's is cool. which is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I've I've learned a long time ago not to judge the agenda or the reckoning of another soul, because yeah. what comes out of a certain time period can be the most incredible, you know, outcome. Because totally, of it. Man. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, look, that person's in it, then that's what they want to do, and that's their choice. And I, I learned to always be there if they want to make a decision, a different decision, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to support them and move them through that. But a lot of the time, I just let people be people at that point, you know? Well, you never know what lessons a person's getting from their experience, you know? And so culturally, we have the tendency, like this is. Uh, Peter Levine is an interesting um, therapist. Of, he wrote a book called called Awakening the Tiger. Oh, and I he's heard like that. He's like a yeah. master somatic therapist. He's like a really brilliant man. And one of the things he gets into in the Awakening the Tiger is, you know, when an animal goes through this, uh, a really highly stressful experience, you know, say a bird runs into your window or a zebra is getting chased by a lion, whatever, and they get caught, They their last resort is to go into this complete, immobilization, mm. essentially shut down, where internally they're moving a million miles an hour, but externally they're, they're shut down, they're playing dead essentially. And then when they come back to life, they purge that stress through their body and it's they go amazing. through this kind of convulsive. Yeah. Of, oh. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a polar bear. You've yeah. seen the polar bear. Have you seen the polar bear do that? I have no, no, no. Yeah, there's a polar bear video. I've seen lots of random videos. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. I got to put up a video about that, like the polar bear. Same thing. And so that may be culturally where I'm I'm about to get at with that is, you know, we have a tendency of if we see somebody go through some type of healthy purgative state, you know, the tears or crying or, you know, they're, they're having that experience of like, oh, like they're biological expression looks funny. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, typically we're like, we try to stop it. Right. You know, we try to suppress it. Like, oh, it's okay. No, everything's going to be fine. Right. It's going to be fine. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. 
You're right. I'm good. Okay. The brain takes over, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? They, you know, you and go. so as opposed to allowing that person to express out that deeply held stress of the moment or of the past or what have you, um, typic the typical tendency culturally in Western culture is to kind of coddle and support and, you know, try and kind of pat that down. Um, you know, but I think there's a lot of value in kind of allowing ourselves to, to express out whatever way that we we need to. Yeah. So, it, it, and is that just a, a, what we see as a cultural pathology where we just suppress these emotions and teach children how to, you know, be a big boy, you know, don't cry. You're fine. Right. You're, you're strong. Right. Yeah. Like I know I grew up to, and I was always told to be strong. Yep. And, um, I've, man, I've had until like this year, I've, literally this year, it's like what, six days, seven days into it. I've had so much trouble with emotions and, and showing them yeah. or, or, or being, or honoring them because mm. of, uh, the way I grew up. You know, but um, it in turn that's caused a lot of internal tension, right? Because you want to honor an emotion, but you're like, you become so good at suppressing it. You're like, yeah. what is that emotion now? Oh, it's under the rug somewhere in my subconscious, and now it's giving me asthma. Yeah, that's like Ramdas talks about death being like taking off a old tight shoe. You know, oh. so when you finally leave this form, it's like this, like. That's what I heard too. Yeah. You know, I was watching a thing with, uh, what's the guy's name? Danny Glover. Who's the guy that's always God? Big, big black guy. Uh, Morgan Glover? Freeman? Morgan Freeman. He's, he's Danny Glover. <laughs> Danny oh, Glover is lethal weapon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie, though. Whatever. He's got a documentary. It's all about, like, what is God? I was watching it last night. Okay. And uh, he was talking to various different people and, like, their experiences in death. And that was a very common thing. The one thing that stood out that I thought was so cool was the guy who's drowned. He drowned. And he was, he was underwater for, I think it was, like, 18 minutes. It's like, the first scene, if people want to watch it. And he starts seeing this, this beautiful, full light. He said it was like they're inside this cathedral as they're describing it. He said there's like these millions of speckled, gorgeous light beams coming down, kind of probably partially through the ocean as well, but he was like pretty conked out after that, that long. And he said he felt this deep sensation of love and connection greater than anything that he's ever been able to experience with a human being or, or mm -hmm. anything in this, in this like corporeal, you yeah. know, here in this form. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, you yeah. know, we have so much fear of death, you know? And it's like, then you hear these stories of, of, of people like in that situation where it's like, well, perhaps, you know, to get to the your end of your life and to experience that sensation of complete release, you don't need to be a, a strong man yeah. or you don't need to hold yourself in any way. You can just be that, that moment of like, wow, like, I think I'm actually feeling love. Mm -hmm. Finally, letting love in. Yeah, you know. So to be able to have that experience, I'm like, how do we integrate that into our daily life? Yeah. You know, how do I have those speckles of light and that sensation of like deeper relationship than I've ever experienced in this lifetime? How do I take that lesson and bring that into right now? I love that. Sort of like dying before you die, right? Like you gotta having, die before we die. Have, die before you die. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. And I remember you put up that uh, Instagram story about like. It doesn't matter like your awards or your riches. It's like really, did you allow yourself to love or like be love or show love? I'm summarizing it, but yeah, that's what yeah. you put up. And I remember yeah. I posted it because it was such an important quote. Because that is really, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, did you allow yourself to open up to being love by, by yourself, you know, having that relationship with yourself and from others and then give that love? Because really we're here just to experience that highest vibration of who we are yeah. experientially of what we know conceptually. So like 
sure, we can wait till we die and we take off that, or we, the shoe is Tight released shoe. and then we're like, oh, this is who I've always been. I haven't been this, you know, pod, salsa dancing Latin podcaster. Yeah, your somebodyness, your suit. Yeah, my son, yeah, this, 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 this is the skin suit. suit. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, and, uh, but I, I really think that that's one of the most important messages in all of history is to have people understand that because if they can understand that, I want to know where your psoriasis, your asthma, your joint pain goes if you at least address that part of who you are. Mm -hmm. Take that take that wall down and then see how that unfolds. Yeah, and then where it gets really interesting from like um, like a more Western mechanical perspective is when you look at you know any person in order for them to express some form of emotion, there's a physical manifestation in their body. You know, so if you're angry, you're angry with your hands and your shoulders and your face, yeah. you know, and if you're happy, you're uh-huh. happy with your yeah. diaphragm and your Ooh, ribs yeah. and your, you know, so that, that it's like William James, who's known as the father of modern psychology, talks about, uh, he kind of contests or argues that perhaps emotion actually comes from the motion then that kind of translates into a sensation or a feeling mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay, we have this thought, feeling, idea in between our ears and then that moves our body. He argues that oh, actually that, that motion of your body translates into that feeling. Wow. I kind of in the book, I, I just present both sides and let you kind of take it take yeah. it away however you feel it. I think that's really interesting. I can vibe with that because it, there's sometimes there's a... There's a no thinking, right? There's a presence, there's a hyper presence that happens if I'm moving. And it's like, I grew up, I grew up in a household where it was music from the morning to night. My mom was salsa dancing. My dad was a professional ballet dancer. Like this is move that type of movement all my life since I was a kid. So when I'm moving like that, if I'm just putting on music and let just letting it flow, I truly do believe that it's body giving signals to brain before, you know, like, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, along, I, I, I can vibe with what you're saying. So yeah. maybe in a t- more hyper-present states, that might even be yeah. true, that energy and motion. Yeah. So we see in the, in the book, we say like your, your cells don't have eyes, but they can feel you, Yeah. you know, so that like you are, and there's a, a, a fancy unnecessary term called mechanotransduction, which is essentially is the, the, the uh, chemical response that your cells have based off of your movement patterns. Yeah. You know, so when you stretch a cell, pull it, turn it, twist it up, down, in, mm-hmm. out, all that, you're essentially like you're massaging and healing that cell, you know, and there's this whole response, this sequela of, of chemicals that, that manifests as a product of what you did with that. Yeah. You know, so think of in your physical body, you can think of all of your tissue, almost like imagine like a, like a pizza person, like kneading dough. Mm-hmm. You want to get through to have a good piece of dough. You want to be able to go through and be able to knead it up, down, twist it, right. pull it, press it out, and then you have this healthy, supple piece of dough. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same thing in our the back of our shoulders and our butts and our hamstrings and our, you know, and then it's a really easy, effective way to go through and like naturally knead your dough yeah. is by doing simple things like maybe play some music, and now as you're walking around the kitchen, you kind of do a little like. Oh, bro, Wiggle that's with me. your hips. You You're me? like, that's oh, me. shit. I'll flip a you pancake. Know, it's like mechanotransduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. I'll flip that pancake, do a turn, and catch it. And so, we, and so human beings slash every critter, you know, maybe not every critter, a high percentage of critters, we have this natural inclination to play. Yeah. You know, if you look at kids, it's like from a very a, adult kind of 
like stale, stagnant perspective, you could look at kids and be like, oh, "These kids are just wasting time." Yeah, they're not slapping that ball around and chasing each other yeah. and trying to capture the flag. Yeah, what are they like, doing? They should do some real shit. Make some money. Yeah, you know. But meanwhile, they're they're, they're those children slash animals slash tapped in adults are feeling what their biology is needs in order to heal itself at a cellular level, heal thyself, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that play element is a natural healing mechanism that we have in our physiology that comes out if you, up, you know, you quiet yourself enough to actually like listen to it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, so kids, they do a really good job at, they don't have those there's deeply ingrained layers of somebodyness yet. Mm-hmm. Those deeply ingrained layers of oh, I'm a I'm a serious I'm a serious podcast host. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, I shouldn't be. You know. No, I don't want because if because if I kind of wiggle my hips in a funny way, people might Whoa. know that I'm not. Whoa. I'm yeah. not this thing that I think I am, or I'm yeah. trying to portray. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to wiggle anything up too much because then not people might. Not they might much. be that might blow my cover. Yeah, that doctor's <laughs> not supposed to dance like that. Yeah, doctor's he does not dance no, like no, that. No, 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 they don't move like that, <laughs> dude. Fuck that man. Like seriously, it's such. I I have come to the place where I've I'm trying to break down every single wall left and right. That's great. To to literally express, man, I could die tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. Yeah, it's a really. I rode here in a motorcycle. Yeah, there's like yeah. a legitimate chance. There's a legitimate <laughs> chance. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm the guy texting, trying to go through a crosswalk. Right. So you yeah. know, like you and me both. Yeah. So it's a matter of like, <laughs> did we listen to our, our 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 own bodies' needs and wants? Yeah. But also our soul's expression. What what are we want? What are we doing? What do we? Where is it navigating us? Because mm-hmm. boy, we can suppress that really fast. Mm-hmm. Really fast with what the, the should and the could and the would and I'm this and therefore. I don't want to do that. And that's know? why there's great value in catastrophic situations manifesting themselves yeah. because they like, they shake your snow globe up, you know? So it's easy in a moment to be like, man, my life fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like why, how, how is this happening to me? Like, why does everything happen to me? Yeah. You know, but in that situation, it creates that introspection that probably wouldn't have happened had you had this like perfect sparkling nerf life yeah so the people that have the perfect sparkling nerf lives they seem like they're winning in the moment but long term because then they haven't had something to adapt to the way that someone that's actually dealt with strife or some form of like catastrophe mm-hmm. of some sort hopefully it's not to the point that like they end up you know dying yeah or like you know yeah. making you can there's there's certain whys in the road i think yeah. um but having those small micro battles allow your body and your mind and your emotions to be able to strengthen and adapt. So any, you know, people that are dealing with things that are really challenging in the moment, um, I think there's an interesting reframe of looking at this like, no, this is like training. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going through, I'm becoming a stronger, more robust being because yeah. my life kind of sucks right now. Yeah. Yeah. And literally we always have an opportunity, right? Yep. To define and redefine and recreate, yeah, construct, filter. deconstruct us, yeah. who we are, who we want to be in this yeah and if you can and if you can augment that filter which is all stuff that i you know read in like books and i'm like attempting to put into my life i by no means i'm trying to position myself as some type of like guru person of yeah you're changing the filter on your world just because i wear some beads Mm -hmm. and a tank top on your podcast Mm -hmm. um you know so the but that filter there's a guy like uh what's his name victor frankel man search for meaning you ever no, heard of no, that no, one? No. Oh man, it's a good book. Highly recommend. I'll get it for you. It's great. Okay. Um, anybody listening, Man Search for Meeting, Victor Frankel, check it out. Um, 
and in that he calls himself, he's a, he's a therapist and he went through all sorts of like various different concentration camps. He was put from place to place and like his family was killed and like bad, bad situation. Uh, and throughout that he was able to maintain this positive filter on life. And, uh, he called himself, he's like, I'm more of an optometrist than a, than a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I do is what we have control of is we have control of our ability to change our, our vision of the way that we perceive things. We have no control over the environment. Mm-hmm. At any point, a freaking meteor could hit earth and be like, sure. well, here Tidal we wave, are. Whatever this, is it is. It. Yeah. this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like what we do have. 100% control of, cannot be taken away, is the lens that I perceive that tidal wave that's smashing LA. Sure. You know, and so if you can come from that place, because you're going to die. Yeah. It's unavoidable. Yeah. You know, if you think you're going to live to 180, like, you probably ought to, like, I don't know, make some adjustments today. Well, if we get your book, that might be possible, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. People that are trying to live to, live to, to like, what do you... What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Just die. Yeah, just die. It's fine. I got you. <laughs> I'm trying to do the legacy early on. But dude, I hear you, man. It's like, it's like I always ask people like, for you, right? Why, what hap- why is this for you? What is being created mm-hmm. for you? And, it's, and, yeah. it's, and I always say like, look, I, if I go kill a dog and eat it here, I'll be chastised. But I do it in, you know, yeah. Yulin, China. Their filter's different. It's different. It's different filters, different perceptions, like you just said, the yeah. lens. Yeah. So instead of taking that lens and being like, oh, this is inherently bad or a bad situation, it's like, why is this being created for me? Mm-hmm. Right? And what, it, like you said, how can I perceive this and construct or deconstruct a new me? Yeah. Who am I in relation to the circumstances in front of me? Yeah. And I think also the, the relate, we don't culturally, from my filter, um, which is just my own, um, it seems like there's not open enough conversation around uh, death, um, and I think also sexuality. I think those are two places where it's kind of like this, like, oh, you know, like, oh, no, how, do, how do we talk? Oh, let's just not yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just skip those channels yeah. and like bleep that out it's and just worst. kind of avoid that, shove that under the rug until eventually, you know, you have some type of mutation around that, but it won't present itself till you, after you're out of the house. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's true. not my responsibility anymore. Yeah, it's true, it's true. You know, so I think that if we can have a, which is, again, this is like my own work presently, I haven't transcended anything, but um, I think gain a deeper relationship and appreciation for death, you know, of this body, and realize that like from Stoic philosophy, like this is happening. You know, and reverse engineer your life from your deathbed and say like, okay, cool. I'm, you know, 180 or whatever, and I'm on my deathbed. Um, You know, like, how could I live a better life when I was, you know, 30, whatever, or 40, whatever, or 20, whatever. And uh, I think that if we can do that and really like put ourselves on your deathbed, like lie there, smell it, see it, look at the colors, who's around you, who's not around you, mm. you know, and then come, okay, woo, here I am, whoa, I'm back. Okay, how do you live your life? Yeah. You probably don't live your life in fear. Yeah. Because you're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, you know what you're I- You're already dead, man. <laughs> yeah. What, what I read, uh, when I read Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great book. It, it's God. actually the thing that- Spurred my awakening. Is years he ago. He's actually talking. Was he channeling God? Um, what, does it matter? Doesn't matter. It, like, great book. It, it just matters. It's like 
it, it, does it resonate with you? And he said yeah. at one point, he's like, whether or not I'm channel, like, does it resonate with you? If it doesn't, throw it away. If it does. Yeah, exactly. And it absolutely did. And one thing he said, the moments you feel death approach is the moment you realize, you start realizing who you are, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not the car. I'm not, totally. the, I'm not this podcast. I'm not all these things. It's like, what am, who am I? Yep. Again, dying before you die. So I think that reverse engineering exercise is so powerful because, well, shit, how much stuff are we going to let go? Yeah. You know, and, um, and I, I think we need to learn how to celebrate death more. And back to Neil Donald Walsh, I was watching something about his mom uh, on being on her deathbed and reminding him to celebrate her death. Yeah. Because it actually is a beautiful transition. And he said, for his words, if you know what death was and how beautiful it was, aside from the humanistic experience of like that hurt of losing someone, if we understood the truth of it, we'd celebrate it. Yeah. Who are you sad for? Yeah. You're not sad for the person. Mm. You know, if the person, you know, say hypothetically, they're in that situation. I don't know what everyone's deaths are like. You could look at like the Tibetan Book of the Dead and maybe learn more about it. Or, right. You know, who knows? Even the people that have come back, they didn't technically die, you know, because they came back. Mm. You know, mm. so I don't, I don't know. It could yeah. be just having like some pineal gland DMT boost where it's like, oh, cool. Like, okay, well, I've, I've, I've had I that experience. I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, we can do that now. And it feels like a lot of love. Yeah. You know, it does. I have had that actually a very similar sensation of the guy that died on the, you know, the boat thing where he's underwater for a while, um, of feeling this sensation of uh, dropping these ego layers or identity structure of who Aaron Alexander thinks he is, or, you know, who I think Aaron Alexander is, or mm -hmm. how the best verbiage for it would be. And that all going away. And just being one with something higher than uh, this, like somebody. Yeah. And that just feels like a bunch of love. It feels like a bunch of, of, of nurturing and it feels like a bunch of oneness and mm -hmm. unicity. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're completely supported by a tribe bigger than you and your homie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all love too, right? <laughs> you know, so I, I feel like there, there's, you know, there's all sorts of interesting quotes around that. Like, like Andrew Taylor Still, he's the father of osteopathy. He said, uh, the obstruction, let's see, or harmony dwells where obstruction does not exist. You know, so everything is harmony, everything is love, and then there's obstructions blocking you from that. Mm -hmm. And your obstructions, oftentimes we end up, there's obstructions, I think, this might be going a little out there, but I think they almost have like lives or consciousnesses of themselves in a way. Like your ego, you know, it's like it wants to live. It wants to breathe and it wants you to get more money and more power and more sweet clothes and yeah. sweet chicks. And yeah, everything. If that starts to lose energy, that construct that you've created will say, uh -uh. Mm -hmm. you know, and so we'll start, Overdrive. we'll start titrating, yeah. dropping little ideas of why you need me, you need me, you need me, you need yeah, me. Yeah, don't lose me. Don't lose me. Yeah. You'll like, be nothing without me. It's like a shitty ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <You> seriously. <laughs> The, it goes on overdrive when the, the breakup is approaching. Yeah. Um, dude, I, I, I dig it, man. I'm, I feel it. Like that's, that is, that is the truth in every single way. The, the egoic death is something incredible. And I, and look, when I had my experience in Joshua Tree, it's like I felt my ego dying and it was terrifying because I'm like, well, who am I? Wait a minute. What's my name? Who, dude, how scary. do I? It's scary because I was like begging not to lose me. Yep. But who the hell is me? You need to lose you to find you. Exactly. I was on the brink, and I remember I turned back. I was and like, "Hold on." And then you can on. wear you like a suit. Yeah. 
like you is like your ego identity, all that stuff is great. Like Alan Watts says, like I play Alan Watts because I get paid better as Alan Watts. Yeah. If I was just this amorphous, you Piece know, electron, proton, spiritual <laughs> photon light blob that just yeah. kind of yeah. into the room. You are like, love. Yeah. It would be like, oh, this is great, but how does that let us sell more Coca-Cola? Right. You right, know, right. Whatever the hell our objective is. Like, I don't know if this is going to fit this moment. So it's like, okay, cool. Like as a podcast host, it's helpful to have those things. Just realize that if you think that that's all that you are, you're asking for pain at some point. Like at some point you will have to drop that and it's going to be terrifying. So the sooner that you can slowly kind of pull at that knot and kind of, okay, I'm going to pull from this angle. I'm going to pull from this angle, pull from that angle. Okay. Okay. It's a little, the shoe's a little looser. Yeah. You know, and now it's okay, cool. I could fuck, I could take the shoe off entirely. Yeah, and you I'm know, good. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not I it's not the shoe's so tight that I am the shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you walk through life saying, Oh, look at I'm this raggedy shoe, it's getting old and dirty and ooh, my sense of self is falling yeah, apart. Your shoe will get jacked up. Yeah. That's yeah. like And will if do you that are sometimes. that shoe, which now like culturally as well, like my mom is you know, she's a beauty queen and she was like third runner up to Miss America and mm-hmm. she was a singer and she married my dad that was a GQ hotshot male model go. and all this different go. stuff. So they were like this very idyllic couple, yeah. both probably getting together because they thought each other was hot and they thought yeah. it fit the mold really well is probably my sense, um, you know, and love and all that stuff as well. Um, you know, but I think there was a lot of like probably physical attraction there. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point you're going to get wrinkled. You're kind of, kind of things are going to sag. Yeah. You know, you're not going to move the same way. You're not going to speak the same way that you did. And if you're so identified with, I am this brand new Nike from 1979 Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, you just at some point will have pain. Yeah. That you have to address. It's just, you have to address it at some point. Yeah. What are you identifying with? Right. That's, that's the major take home. And that, and, and what, what, speaking about your parents like that, it's like, People get married, man. They get married on just the basis of like, you're hot and we laugh together when we watch Netflix. Right. <laughs> Do you know? And it's like, drives me crazy. It's like, whoa. Do you know that we have so many more layers than that? Yeah. For me, I will not date a girl unless there's some deep creative or spiritual connection. Like yeah, we have to vibe or intellectual connection. Because like you said, that really pretty girl is going to grow up to be old. I'm going to be old. Yeah. My hair is going to fall out. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my mustache won't be jet black. It'll be gray. Yeah. You know, I'll look like a walrus one day. So it's like yeah. a skinny walrus, but a walrus, yeah, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I do. that stuff is gone. That's transient. It's like, what's real. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we need to get in touch with that, man. Yeah. Like I like the other, I mean, this is being, this is a pretty like meta spiritual podcast. We'll have to talk about something that's like more squats and hip hinges another time. But, um, I like the idea that we're all walking each other home. Yeah. You know, so when you're with that person, it's like, that's a big question. It's like, okay, are we like, how do I facilitate your journey? And how do you facilitate my journey? Is it just that we numb each other and we kind of distract each other from actually doing any meaningful work? Or is it like we are crucial for each other's development? Yeah. And you know, if the answer is like, yeah, like our pieces fit as we're marching along here or on our ships going forth into the whatever... Um, we're really helping each other on that journey. And uh, I think oftentimes relationship can be just something that's like masking, uh, you know, maybe like a fear of being alone. 
Huge, man. Huge. Like I, I have, I, I'm very passionate actually about relationships and relativity yeah. and what people like we attract the exact people that we need to understand the traumas that we need to heal. Yeah. And oh man, over the last, like since Thanksgiving till now, I've had like crazy experiences with relativity. These women will come in my life and bring them like a few years ago when I first had the mirror up to me, I was still like overlooked it and I was like, I'm mad at you, you know, let's break up. Yeah. But now I understand what's happening. But I had like in December, I had like not a, like a little face mirror that you got at the barber, but like a full blown ceiling to floor mirror going, this is you. This is what's fucking up every relationship you've ever had. That's great. And that presentation and understanding. What was the thing? Validation. Mm. Validation. So it was like beautiful, like connection in person. But then once we split up, you know, you go about your work week, I go about my work week. Where the hell did all that validation go? You yeah. know, where did all that, like it can come through physical touch and physical touch is beautiful. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel so good. And it's like endorphins yeah. being released. That's gone. So how are you going to, how are you going to elicit that dopamine response from me now? Mm-hmm. Well, tell me I'm handsome. Tell me I'm a great podcast host. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm this. I said, what the fuck am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm literally, this is the theme that I'm messing up everything. So it literally, I had to create a split and see the observer of the human experience and that which is observing the observer and going, well, damn, I haven't given love to the observing of the, the observer of the observer at all. So then I go, how can I love not this skin bag, but deeper than that? How can I love that? How and love I, the skin bag too. And love the skin bag too. Because then there's, as long as you're not loving apart, yeah. then there's going to be a conflict. There's going to be a break. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I think that there's an interesting thing. I, the other night I was, I don't know what I was, what I was smoking. I wasn't smoking anything, honestly. I was just, I was sitting, I was doing like a little like meditation thing. And, uh, I started, this is going to sound very creepy. Um, but I started, I had like this wrist injury mm-hmm. and I started feeling called to like, kind of like bite my wrist, kind of like myofascial release essentially, mm-hmm. but like with my mouth, yeah. which is like a weird thing. You know, it's like you would do that with a sexual partner. Yeah. You know, bites and nibbles right, and right, kiss right. and all that stuff because it's another person. It's not you. Well, but you didn't do it. You won't do it for yourself. But if you were to do something almost that could be construed as like sensual, it was kind of like a combination of like sensual and therapeutic. But I was like, I like, I love my arm. I love that, man. I dig it. I know. I dig it. Dude, I am there with you here. So, so let me, wait, hold on. Let me go back. Okay, so, so I get this thing on validation. I'm like, well, damn, like. What, why are, let me validate myself first of all let me be yeah. like let me hype myself up let me be my own hype man but then i'm like what about that love because like through that touch i get that dopamine response i go can i mimic that dopamine response for myself by touching my arm touching my shoulder giving myself a hug touching yeah. my face dude i got to that point where i was like well damn i don't need no one to touch me i feel good here yeah. like so i get it i get it dude i was on the beach today literally kissing my arm like a weirdo oh good but but like that's great like man. like like not yeah like essentially essentially like right. very softly see how there's resistance there because you don't want people to i mean I don't yeah know no no thinking, there but was, you want people like oh god i gotta think of fucking crazy it's like dude to love yourself isn't that crazy yeah exactly there, <laughs> there was resistance right but yeah it's so true so it's like uh, now i hug myself every single day i honor myself i touch myself not in like a sexual way but like essentially oh, sexual way, way. Uh, not often what? <laughs> Why? You got the, shame around this? No, I don't. With the stress around, yeah, no, like, yeah. yeah. Do you talk about this in your podcast? Not really. 
<laughs> Not really. We got we got a lot of moms that listen. So okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, so we won't talk about no, it. No, but but, but it's part of the self love. But that but that is an interesting thing. That the reason that it is not spoken about is because it is a culturally shameful thing. And now here it is as a symptom in an open conversation that we've talked about death. We've talked about smoking crack. We've talked about ruining families. We've Psychedelics. Talked about, we've talked about all these things, but the idea of this hand or this hand going down and touching this part of my body right. that we've deemed as being socially unacceptable, right. that's like, all right, stop. Well, hold on. Now we put the brakes on, right? Hold on. You mean touching my penis? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Something that is like compartmentalized and not part of us, right? It's not part of me. Which is crazy. Totally Actually, separate. How Disassociated. About, and how about when we were kids and we're like, we call them like private parts, no, like yeah. no parts. Call it a penis. God, we need to Dick, really, cock, yeah, everything. Whatever's good for you. Yeah. Feel it out. No, you, you make an absolutely good, a good point, man. I dig it. Like, listen, I'm an open book. Again, authenticity is my 2020. You're, yeah, you're seeing a moment though. Of course. I'm glad that we're seeing a little... Dude, a, a month ago, I wouldn't have be been able to even hug myself. Yeah. So it's like, I get it. I get it. And and it's very powerful stuff. So it's like, is that is that in the realm of all of self-love in general, right? Mm. Would you say it? it's like giving yourself that affection and love and sensuality? I remember I heard you on um, Whitney's podcast and being like, in an intimate setting, like, can a man like fall into like a feminine and being like, yes, you can kiss my body like head to toe, mm-hmm. which was incredible because like... I'm like somebody kissing my thighs. That's not very masculine, yeah, you know. That's not right. the assertive man that I want to be in, no, a, in, a, in an experience, you know. But and they're kissing your brain while you're while they're doing that. It's so true. You know, like it's like come from the same dermal layer. Like you, like your skin is a continuation of your neurological tissue. Yeah. You know, so it's like we we're totally fine eating lion's mane or doing some type of crossword puzzle thing to stimulate our brain function. But the idea of a, a loving, compassionate partner kissing, literally kissing our brain in the form of, you know, a sensual kiss on our thighs or whatever it may yeah. be, that's like, whoa, 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 Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. That's but like masculine. meanwhile, there's like magic in that. Are you telling there's me? There's not a lot of magic in a crossword puzzle. No. You know, and so like the idea of like, you know, a computer can beat the world's best chess player and it's like not that big of a deal, but for a computer to reach out, grab a cup, smoothly bring it up into your lips, pour it down the computer's throat and smoothly put it down without a sound. That's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. We can't figure that out. How do we do that? Yeah. And I, and I love that because it's like, which brings us to the point that I wanted to make. It's like, again, the masculinity thing, it's like in that realm, it was, it's very alien for a man to fully like just relax into a feminine being like, I won't be the assertive one. I won't be the one who initiates everything. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy because when you decide that you sort of attract those experiences. I don't know. That's my experience in it, but yeah, and it's also realizing that you, as a man, you occupy feminine qualities and masculine qualities. Yeah, you know, and you, as a woman, it's the same thing. Just because you have a penis or you have a vagina doesn't mean that you are just one hundred percent feminine or one hundred percent masculine. Yeah. those are those are qualities that depends on the relationship. You know, so if you're around like kind of a soft type feminine dude as a woman, it will be necessary for you to balance those poles and like pull up your pants and like, cool, I'm going to get this shit done because yeah. you're kind of a wanker. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you should like, come on. It's true. It like, it like calls forth a part of you, right? It calls forth. Because we all have those abilities. Balancing. Yeah. And it's, and some, and that's a power of relationships, right? Because yeah. it calls forth this part of you that you're like, 
okay, here's how I'm going to show up because... Yep. And if there's certain deficits that one has in their own personality, then another person is kind of like a, they're like a medicine yeah. or like a psychedelic or like a trip or like a, you know, anything. I think traveling to another country will teach you a thing. It's literally like you're imbibing a form of nutrient. Yeah similar to being with a person. When I'm with a person, not only are we breathing each other in and inoculating ourselves to each other's bacteria yeah. and attuning our, our brain. The vibration, yeah, like everything. everything. Yeah. We're, like we're yeah. literally imbibing each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so in order for us to have rapport and feel connected, we need to kind of become a little bit more of each other. Yeah. You know, and so when you are out in the world finding a relationship, um, you will ideally look for a relationship that is actually like a form of nutrition and medicine as opposed to a form of junk food. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're addicted to junk food, you're addicted to somebody that's abusive, you're addicted to somebody that just doesn't match your poles at all because it, you know, whatever childhood, this or that, um, that might be like, damn, I keep on eating these fucking Snickers. Yeah. God dang it. I it's can't like, no, you're addicted it. to sugar. Yeah. You know, yeah. So if you start to change things up a little bit, all of a sudden we can realize that every person in my life is a form of nutrition that I am, I am imbibing into myself mm -hmm. and I'm imbibing into them. Yeah. I have responsibility. I have 100% responsibility in this relationship and you yeah. have 100% responsibility in this relationship. Yeah. And then together we can do some cool shit. It's incredible because then you have to be intentional about literally what you're vibing with, right? Yeah. What you're putting into your body. Um, but the power of that is it's really fruitful when you're intentional about who you're bringing in to your life. Yeah. Right. And also don't let your intentions block you out from something that's actually really meaningful, mm. you know, cause then that's the thing that happens a lot in LA. I think I'm guilty of it, you know, where it's like, you know, Jim Rohn, you become the, uh, what is it? The, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you'd be like, okay, well I want to hang with some successful people, yeah. you know, it's like, well, define successful. Because your perception of successful might just be that they make a lot of money or they have a lot of Instagram followers or they have, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. And your conception of successful may have nothing to do with the quality of their heart. Yeah. You know, or their level of compassion or maybe their humor. Right. Or, you know, there's just openness and flexibility in the world. And, yeah. you know, like it may have nothing to do with that. That you may, that'd be a, maybe a blind spot for you. Having clarity on that. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, get somebody that's, you know, really compassionate and heartfelt and heart-centered. Get somebody that's really funny. Get somebody yeah. that's really giving. Get somebody that's really rich. Yeah. Get somebody that's really popular on social media. Get, get it somebody all. that All of those, because you're like, how did you... It's not a bad thing to be popular on social media. Or it's not a bad thing to have a lot of money. You know, it's just like asking real questions. Like, how did you do that? Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know, it's not something that I have to be like, oh, I'm secretly trying. It's like, what, what was, what's the no, recipe No, 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 for sure. That? Let's and, talk about it. And you and I share a lot of the same friends. So now I, I, like I see you're very intentional about who you bring in yeah. because it's, it's very different characters <laughs> you have in your life. Yeah. Like these parties that we have that we go to, it's like, <laughs> what? This guy is yeah. like, but then this girl, you know, yeah. it's completely different people, it's right? It's It is pretty dope. I'm yeah. sitting next to like the biggest paleo guy and I'm big vegan guy and right. we're just... We're talking about everything in between. We're like two big Venn diagrams. Yeah. And there's you know? like a UFC fighter in the corner getting picked up. And yeah. And then there's like a beautiful ballerina acro like, yoga girl right next to him. So That's it's like, a cool thing. That's what makes the world rad. It is. That's why humans are 
you know, the, the king of all the things. King of uh, the things. King of the things. We communicate. I love that, If man. you don't communicate, that's when, you know, problems start arising. Yeah. If you don't communicate, that's when problems start arising. So look, we can do like four more shows this year because, I, no, no, man, I, I really do enjoy talking to you. It's like the the body stuff is awesome, but the deep spiritual stuff, that's like, that's the vibe, you know? Like well, it's I, the same thing. It's the same thing. It's yeah. all mind, body, soul, right? <laughs> mind, body, movement, man. Like you, you could be an eczema expert, but we could still talk about the same thing. That's correct. You know? And so, if you're not able to, uh, then I think you're, there's probably just a big blind spot. You know, if you if that's if you really think that your eczema or your shoulder pain or your headaches or your whatever, that's the end of the road of the conversation. It's just I have a headache. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing beyond that. Beyond just maybe it is truly just what you eat, but yeah. that's one of the spokes. Yeah. You know, the thoughts that you consume are one of the spokes. The yeah, relationships one. one of the spokes. Big Environmental one. factors. Yeah. What kind of deodorant do you have on your armpits? Yeah. You know, what kind of perfumes are you putting on your body? Mm-hmm. What kind of lights are you exposed to throughout the day? Yeah. What kind of air are you breathing in? What kind of travel are you doing? What's your mechanical positions? Yeah. All of those spokes, 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 spokes. Yeah. Uh, Community, love, all community, that stuff, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're awesome. Um Thank you for coming. Yeah, and we will do. How about how about the summer? Let's do one in like I'm in down July, yeah. June, June, June's nice. Yeah. Hopefully right. we'll get a cold plunge and a sauna in this place. We'll we will get a cold plunge. Things. We'll do we'll do a nice video. So thank you yeah. for coming in. And um, the book is the Align Method. The Align we, Method. Gonzalez family has three copies. Yeah, get it up there. Boom. Look, at, look at that beautiful picture. Oh. Everything you ever needed. Easy read. Boom. Get it today. All right. Thank you, man, for coming. And then we'll have you back on the Align podcast. I'll be there. Whenever's the day. Whenever's the day I'm in it. We'll figure this out. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about uh, masturbatory practices. I'll be in a good place by then. (laughs) Much love to everyone listening. Thank you. I always love having Aaron on the show, man. He is uh, a lot. A lot of good convo. He's a funny guy and he really brings a lot out of me. So I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. I hope you had some good take homes, really high vibe, um, and you learned a lot. I hope the show really taught you a lot. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, support the show like you all have been. I love you all for that. Thank you and tune in next week.